ladies, and welcome to another episode. I'm Maria. And I'm Lindsay. And we're two former college roommates who have a passion for movies. I reviewed movies for almost 20 years. And Lindsay has a film degree. And we're just going through some of the movies we missed in the past that may have fell through the cracks for each of us. And for this week, it was my choice to choose a movie that Lindsay hadn't seen. And as you can tell for, from the title, this one was for Jennifer's Body. Well, Jennifer's Body uh, is a movie that came out in 2009. I remember seeing this in the theater because I was really curious about it. Um, did, what, did you have any uh, remembrances of this movie since you, you hadn't seen it? Do you remember hearing about it? Yes, I do remember hearing about it. And then I remember not hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did. It did. So um, it was. It was made for sixteen million, and it recouped thirty one point six million, which would sound great. But to be successful, you have to make three times your budget. So, according to the math, it flopped. Um, but it was a. It was pretty well anticipated, um, in the circles I was in at the time, at least, uh, because it was written by uh, Diablo Cody, who also uh, did the movie. Oh, gosh. <laughs> of course, it's flying out of my mind the moment I try to remember it. Um, Juno. But she, Juno, right. She had done Juno previously. So Juno was a very big hit uh, critically and culturally. Uh, you know, a lot of people were saying the lines and stuff like that. She's really snappy dialogue. So people were looking forward to her next film. And it had a pretty good cast. I mean, to me at the time, like I was, I, already, I, knew, I knew who all these people already were. Um, I really enjoyed Amanda Seyfried. She was she was in Mean Girls. She was also in the show on HBO called Big Love that I liked a lot. Uh, J.K. Simmons, Amy Sedaris, Adam Brody, Megan Fox, knew all these people. Um, so I was interested to go see it. And I remember at the time, like, it wasn't doing really well. And um, I wondered why. So that's why I went to go see it. <laughs> like, like, what is going on with this mm-hmm. film that's not doing so well? Because it has this Pretty good. It has this really good cast. It has this well-known writer, so it's kind of like, oh, really? It's not, you know. Uh, and I remember enjoying the film. Um, the humor and the horror thing was kind of new for me at the time. Um, but uh, so I was like, well, maybe that's why people didn't see it. You know, they didn't understand that, that kind of mix because it wasn't really kind of a popular thing at the time in, in the movie theater to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. But. When it came up on its 10th anniversary, like in 2019, uh, a lot of people started doing kind of like retrospectives about the film and watching it again and trying to find out like, you know, what it is about this film. Um, and that's when it came out that a lot of the marketing for the film was really what kind of tanked it uh, because it was heavily marketed as this kind of like lesbian love thing that's going to be happening, but not for like people who are lesbians. <laughs> But for men who would enjoy seeing two teen girls being lesbians together, right? That was kind of yeah. the focus of the marketing. Um, it's very just like over sexualized and like, because these are, again, these are supposed to be teenagers, right? Uh, very kind of over sexualized and like um, focused particularly on, uh, on Megan Fox's body, right? And because I remember, who yeah. was it? Uh, Transformer she was in 
right? Uh-huh. And always just these very long shots of her body and everything. And I was just like, okay, this is this is weird. Like, y'all are doing too much. But um, I thought it was a really interesting kind of like exploration of toxic friendships, basically, right? With a little supernatural uh, thrown in there. Uh, <laughs> a little supernatural patriarchy. Um, but it starts in this place called Devil's Kettle, which is supposed to be in Minnesota. Because I was wondering, I, was, I couldn't I couldn't remember, like, what state is this supposed to be in? Like, it just, you know. That's where that's supposed to be at? Okay. It's supposed to be in Minnesota. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah. And we kind of started. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out, too. I, I, I knew they said that the, the name of the place wasn't real, but mm-hmm. the... Um, place is actual actually real mm-hmm. yeah the um, waterfall is a uh, judge cr mangany state park so the waterfall is real uh, the whole yeah. i don't think the whole, whole thing is but yeah because i was wondering like, where is this um uh, but we start the movie so the whole is not real? uh no i don't believe the whole is the, like the whole whirlpool thing um <clears throat> it is a waterfall that's there uh, really nice, beautiful waterfall, um, but I don't think the whole the, yeah the whole whirlpool thing is not necessarily real. Okay, it is uh you know said to the waterfall is said to like disappear underground, but it's not like the whole whirlpool thing that you see in the movie. Okay. So you kind of start the movie at the end where we we meet uh, Needy, short for Anita, right? But also describes her character, played by Amanda Seyfried. And she's uh, in this um, facility for mentally ill inmates, I suppose. And she's known as a kicker. Yeah. And we see that. She gets put in solitary confinement and is kind of like, let me tell you how I got here, you know, kind of thing. Uh, that's me. That's the yeah. <laughs> Um, so it mm-hmm. starts off, you know, talking about their childhood uh, friendship between Anidi and Jennifer and how Jennifer is kind of always the star, you know, she's the hot girl, she's the it girl, and Needy's kind of like uh, a little bit of a nerd, you know, more conservative in her presentation, stuff like that. Excuse me. And Jennifer just kind of like leaves the relationship. And there's also definitely this vibe between them that Needy's definitely got a crush, I think, you know, on Jennifer. And Jennifer just kind of like loves attention from, you know, so it's fine. <laughs> she doesn't care too much. I don't think she really cares too much about that. But she likes the attention and she and they have a friendship. And so, you know, Needy has a boyfriend. He's he's a little they just like very high school, you know, a couple. Um and He's definitely not going to be able to stand in the way of their friendship. Like, none of them can let that happen. Uh, so they, uh, Jennifer and Needy, are going to see this club, uh, this indie rock club, but the only bar in town, right? So it's just them two. And, like, uh, the boyfriend's feeling a little salty about it because, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, they go to the club because Jennifer is really into the lead singer. She thinks he's salty. Which apparently means beautiful. I only ever heard that term in, in Buffy, which was like years before this. And so, uh, the movie or the TV show? The TV show. Mm-hmm. 
Have you seen the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually saw the movie when it was in theaters. So I was like okay. seven when the movie came out, but I really wanted to see it. So I saw it and I loved it. And then when the TV show came out, I was like, I'm not watching that. There's no way it's as good as the movie. So I yeah. didn't watch it <laughs> until a friend of mine was like, no, you have to watch the show. You would love it so much. And she like burned the entire show on DVDs and sent it to me. Right. And I watched it and I loved it. So, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I refuse to watch the show because it's not the same. Um, it is really good. <laughs> they, my friend was right. Like, I promise you, I promise you. And see, the <laughs> thing is, what I didn't know at the time was that like the same production company, the same writer who did the movie also did the show. I didn't know that when the show was on. Okay. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay. So it's got the same vibe, the same kind of voice and that kind of thing. Um, only it gets to be richer and deeper because you're going across seasons. Uh, so I would highly recommend that you do give it a watch. And I would love to see your thoughts when you're watching it. <laughs> but, um, so Jennifer and Edie are going to see Low Shoulder, who is being uh, headlined, well, headline the singer anyway, is Adam Brody. So he plays a singer in the band. So we see him uh, most of the time for the band. And she, Jennifer is there and she's like flirting with him and everything, going to buy him a drink, you know. And um, he's saying to his bandmates, you know, oh, I'm sure she's a virgin, you know, whatever, whatever. And Needy overhears him. She's like, hey, that's my best friend you're talking about. She's like, you know what? She is a virgin. So, you know, that's better than being with scum like you, you know, trying to defend her friend. Mm-hmm. Jennifer comes back with the drinks. Uh, they start playing. Please catches on fire. Right. And you can see them see this happening. Like watching this movie for a second time after you know what's happened, uh, there are definitely things you're going to pick up on. (laughs) So, like, you can see, you know, him watching the fire happening and just like not doing anything. Yeah. I was wondering that too. I'm like, is he the only person that sees this? Uh, Because he's expecting it, right? He's expecting it. He's expecting it. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, somebody else got to see this. Well, they're all looking at the band or they're all at the bar, right? So, like, the whole, the reason, like, the place burns down is supposed to be, like, a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just can't everybody Demon or so devil, they're, they're not paying attention. They're just not paying attention to that. Why would they be looking for that? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and then once it, I mean, I mean, the whole I mean, place is made of wood, and once it got, gets that wood, it's you know, right, right, yeah, like and, and the alcohol, uh, but, better, right. So, so Needy's able to know. get her and Jennifer to safety, going through the bathroom window, uh, which would never work for me. So <laughs> it's like, it's like that is a tiny window. It's a very tiny window. Um, but they're able, <laughs> they're able to get out. <laughs> And uh, but it's like it's like Jennifer's under a spell almost like she can't she's not talking yeah. she's not really responding, um, and then he comes out and he's got like a drink in his hand. Like, when did you get the time between seeing on stage the place catching on fire to make a drink, my guy? Right. He just seems very casual, you know. He was extremely casual. Mm-hmm. He didn't even try to play it off. Yeah. It was very well. 
it's very well contrasted with like the people who are running out of the club on fire, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, "Hey, are you guys okay?" <laughs> yeah. He's I'm like, "I'm in shock. You. I'm in shock. Are you in shock? I'm in shock. you know like." Mm-hmm. And so he gets uh, Jennifer to get into his van. And Nene's like, no, don't go with them. We have the car. We can just leave. You don't need to go with them. And it's just like she's kind of in a trance. So she just she just goes with them. And she doesn't even yeah. look particularly happy or excited about it. You know? <laughs> As someone right, you right. She was to... out. Right. And like she had been so excited before and she's just kind of like not there. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Nene goes home. She's talking to her boyfriend on the phone about what happened. And uh, there's a doorbell, you know, so she goes out to check to see who's there, goes out on the porch, which is like number one horror movie rule. You're not supposed to just lock the door. Like, you're not expecting anybody. (laughs) And uh, when she's on the phone, I don't know if you noticed, but you can see like a shadow moving behind her. Yeah, I saw that. Mm -hmm. And she goes back in. Eventually she sees it's, it's Jennifer. And she's like all bloody and everything. She's got this really crazy grin on her face. And she's trying to ask her, like, are you okay? What happened? And Jennifer's not really responding. And uh, she goes and, like, opens her fridge and starts tearing stuff out and eats this chicken that she wasn't, like, they were saving for dinner tomorrow or something. Mm. And then she throws up this, like, black ichor all over the floor. It's very gross. Yeah. (laughs) And then she kind of almost attacks uh, Needy. And she asks Needy, are you afraid? She doesn't really say anything. And um, thinking about like what happens later, because she says, she says to like, uh, she says to me at some point, she's like, no, I need them afraid before she can kill them, right? And uh, so Needy must not have been afraid, right? <laughs> so like, yeah. Needy wasn't afraid, what was she feeling? What were you feeling in that moment, Needy? Like, uh, and then she just kind of leaves. And so Needy has to like clean up all this stuff. Yeah. Before her mom gets home. And I'm just like, oh God. Yeah. All right. She how do you the explain next- eating chicken? I don't know. <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, she shows up at school the next day. She looks totally fine. And she doesn't seem to really care about what happened. Uh, at the club, because like I, you can only imagine like being there, the fire, the smells. Like he, she's like saying, hearing the bones pop and everything, people screaming, you know. And it seems like it's a joke to her, basically. And uh, at the time, now the band Low Shoulder is like getting all these radio plays. They're being lauded as heroes that they saved all these people, all this stuff like that. And they're like, no, <laughs> Nina's like, no, that's not what happened. I was there. They did not, they did not save anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of her classmates was like, well, why is it on their Wikipedia then if it's not true? Basically, <laughs> right. It's like, oh, girl, with the low shoulder shirt on, right. So. so now, like, their their town is famous because of this, and like, they're having memorials and stuff. It's national news and low shoulder song that they were playing. You know, uh, I think it's called "I Will Follow." Uh, kind of becomes like an anthem for the tragedy or whatever. And so people play it, you know, to kind of like remember what happened in Devil's Kettle or whatever. And of course it increases their profile tremendously because they were just some indie band 
playing in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. Even though Jennifer was like, you're from the city. <laughs> and that's why I was like, which city? Where are we? <laughs> right. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's how they act with everybody that's from the city. I don't know. You know, it, he does say at one time, well, the, one of his band members points out that he was from Brooklyn. So maybe they mean New York. I don't know. Possible. I don't so, know any other famous Brooklyn, so. I mean, so um, about a month later, you know, uh, Jennifer is showing up to class and she looks like she's ill, basically, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, she's like, I'm breaking out. My hair is thin and lifeless. It's like I'm one of those normal girls or something, you know? And um, there's this guy, Colin, who's kind of like an emo dude. Right? He's got all of the bracelets, the eyeliner and the hair, you know, all that stuff from 2009. Just very classic emo guy. And he asks her out. And at first she sells, she tells him no until Needy's like, oh, I think he's really cool, you know? And so she changes her mind. She's like, okay, well, fine. Meet me at my house. You know, we'll watch a movie there or whatever. And so he goes to her house. And uh, that's what she tells him, like, because they start making out and everything. And she tells him, I need you afraid, basically. And she eats him because that's what she does. She eats dudes. Um, Before this, she had eaten the, (laughs) the football star out in the woods, right? Because they went out, she yeah. was like, oh, yeah, your fr- his friend was in the fire. And she was like, yeah, I was one of the last people to ever talk to your friend. And he said, we would make a banging couple. <laughs> and the dude was like, he said banging? Like, it's not something he would say. <laughs> and so, right. you know, he's like, just kind of like confused. But he's like, yeah, I'm going to go make out with her in the woods. Fine, right? And all of the animals come and watch. It's just very like, oh, <laughs> what is happening? Right. And he points it out to her and she's like, oh, they're waiting. And I'm like, what? <laughs> waiting for what? Right. I guess for I leftovers. I didn't get that part. I... I think they're waiting for leftovers. But how would they know? She's supernatural. And they could pick up on it, I guess. I guess so. Mm, okay. Really, we we about to eat good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of with these types, it's hard to suspend reality sometimes, but you have to. Yeah, I mean, it is a supernatural horror, you know, comedy kind of situation. Yeah. So, uh, leave reality behind you for sure. <laughs> so. Yeah. Basically. After all this stuff is going on, um, they find out. Oh, she 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 keeps eating boys. Basically, she tells Needy, she's like, "I eat boys." You know, I'm not eating people. I'm eating boys. <laughs> and Needy finds out that basically she's a succubus uh, who has to like seduce her her victims and feed on their flesh to so she can stay young and beautiful. Basically, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> And this is because when the band kidnapped her, they took her to Devil's Kettle. They were going to make her a sacrifice to this demon, but it could only work if she was a virgin. And like she, as she had told Nini, she's like, I'm not even a backdoor virgin, like at all. <laughs> and because of that, 
<laughs> because of that, the the sacrifice fails, and so she becomes uh, a succubus. She's basically um, infested with a demon, you know. And mm -hmm. so that's why all this chaos is happening. <clears throat> and Needy tells uh, her boyfriend Chip about Jennifer, and because uh, Jennifer was also trying to like move in on Chip, anything anybody Jennifer, I'm sorry, anybody. Needy liked or loved, Jennifer was trying to move in on them because she wanted uh, Needy all to herself, you know, basically. And um, yeah, they eventually, they have, of course, there's the big school dance. You gotta have a big school dance in a high school movie, right? Gotta be homecomings, gotta be proms, right. gotta be the spring fling, right. you know, the winter, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, they're all going and uh, Jennifer eventually seduces Chip and Needy finds out about it. And she, Needy's got on this big, like, pink dress that's very kind of 80s inspired. It's very dramatic. And eventually they all have this uh, confrontation in the in the pool house, I guess. Like, the old abandoned pool house, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Look very and disgusting. It was like, really gross. Right, especially watching things like this in post-COVID, like that's all you think about is germs. Oh, even at the time, I was like, "This is gross. Somebody's gonna have an infection, and this is not gonna be nice." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like heightened post-COVID. You know? Mm hmm Yeah, for sure. All the time, We're watching TV, like, "How are you doing that?" Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, okay, this is pre-COVID. Right. Like, <laughs> Even though Needy told Chip about what Jennifer is, uh, Chip does not believe her. So they're broken up at this point, and Jennifer's still Jennifer's still after him, basically. And so when they all get to the abandoned pool house, like uh, Jennifer's feeding on him, and Needy's like trying to fight her, and Jennifer can levitate now, like. <laughs> um, but they eventually are able to defeat her, like uh, getting a a pool stick, a pool skimmer. And like stabbing her with it, uh, but somehow she escapes. Chip dies, you know, due to his injuries and stuff, and probably some of the infection in the abandoned pool house. Right. Yeah. So it's just so oh, so gross. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like ugh. Every, like everything you can imagine was growing in that pool house, like abandoned. Yeah. You know, animals been all in there, all that stuff. Um, so Chip mm. dies, and and uh, Jennifer is, you know, <laughs> Jennifer feels fine about it because she's a demon, right? She has a whole thing with the uh, lighter where she sets her tongue on fire and it doesn't burn at all. And she's like, I'm God. Like, yeah. just like, you know. Yeah. And so she survived, of course. So Needy's tracking her down. And she finds her, she's like outside of her bedroom window, which is like one of the scenes you saw in the beginning. Maybe just staring at mm -hmm. Jennifer through the window, which is very creepy. I don't remember that part, surprised me. I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay, a little tense, girl. So she breaks into Jennifer's room, they start fighting. Jennifer levitates, like, and uh, maybe. Mm -hmm. They both have these BFF necklaces, and so Needy just takes the one from around Jennifer's neck and breaks it off, and that's when like Jennifer just kind of like loses it. Like she's like, "How could you?" Like she's like actually, actually offended. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
and um, Needy stabs her with a utility knife in the heart, right? And Jennifer's like, oh, my tit, you know, know your heart, girl. Like, because yeah, that was funny. Like, where did you get that from? Home Depot. <laughs> yes. There are, there are a lot of funny jokes in here. There are also some offensive, like, they use the R word all the time. And I'm like, calm down. Like, what are we doing? Um, yeah. But she, she, she's able to kill her. And the moment, like, she's able to kill her, she actually dies. Jennifer's mom finally comes into the room. <laughs> and right. she's like, where have you been this whole time? I don't. <laughs> right. Right. Like, seriously. So, but Needy is taken into an asylum. And because, like, she had been scratched by Jennifer, but she had been, but she defeated, you know, the demon inside. She now has some of Jennifer's powers. Mm -hmm. So she's able to levitate and escape the mental facility. And she goes after Low Shoulder. And so, like, during the credits, you see her, like, hunting them down and killing them. And then mm -hmm. um, she gets into, she gets into, like, a, somebody's car and she's, like, you know, just going out of town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was Jennifer's body. <laughs> yeah. so. Um, I will say this, uh, mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, echoing some of the videos that, um, that talk about it as well. Um, the marketing mm -hmm. was way off, mm -hmm. way off. Like, I was thinking it was going to be, like, some Jawbreaker-esque type movie. Mm -hmm. you know? And it was not that at all. Um, and then on top of that, because of the way that Megan Fox has been marketed to us since we've known her as this mm -hmm. sex symbol, she mm -hmm. really wasn't. Like, she was, I mean, she was the stereotypical um popular girl in high school but that's where it started and stopped right everything else was succubus like yeah she was yeah. actually these things yeah yeah so it's like it's like they wanted to fly uh they just wanted what they wanted and they did not for, it seems like they just did not trust the people they hired to create this movie to advertise it as it is, right? They just wanted to, yeah. based on the strength, basically on Megan Fox's whole kind of sex symbol thing they had put on her, basically. Um, because for the movie, she dropped like 97 pounds. She did? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. So you know, there, she, she, she looked very. She looked pale. She looked frail. You know, uh, that was a part of the character. Um, but like ninety-seven pounds. I'm like, oh my god, right? And and there, it definitely, you know, it, before this, like she still had that like kind of sex symbol thing going on, which is crazy because she was a teenager, uh -huh. like she was still a kid, you know. Um, 
And she, with this movie, she wanted to kind of get out of that because that's not really what this movie's about. Right. Um, but Fox didn't want that. Right. They they tried to market this specifically to boys and men who would be interested in teenage lesbians, basically. Um, yeah, is, but I mean, the movie didn't give that. Like, okay, no. it had a couple. Of, it had a couple of a kissing things, but the movie didn't give that at all. So they don't. So they didn't think about like when people actually got in there, how they would trash the marketing or anything. Nope. Like, I guess they didn't care because at that point they got their money, but. They didn't care. No, they didn't care about their director's vision. They didn't care about like the director's vision. They didn't care about the actresses involved. Like none of that. Yeah. Like and like the whole thing is about this relationship between Needy and Jennifer. So this movie is about girls and women. Why would you not? Why are you acting like girls and women can't be the audience for this? Yeah. Like I mean, I have never seen a marketing strategy could be so off like i don't know a better i don't know a better example yeah no it was definitely and that's what a lot of people who reviewed it felt they felt like they got a bait and switch and it was just very weird like because you know at the time we don't know we didn't know this what was happening behind the scenes or whatever it's just like really strange like because i remember the marketing and like the marketing was one of the reasons I didn't go see it in the first place. Cause I was like, Oh, this mm-hmm. is not for me. This is for yeah. boys and men and dudes who would find this like exciting or whatever. They're trying to do like this kind of like titillating kind of thing. And I was like, eh, you know, um, but yeah, as yeah, reviews yeah. rolled out and people were talking about, it, I was like, well, this seems like different than what I thought it was. So let me just go. Yeah. See it. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that that's just so crazy that the marketing was just so completely off. Yeah. And it just sucks. It's like, had the marketing not been off, maybe this would have been more of a, of a success than it was, you know? Mm-hmm. But, because, I mean, to be for real, it's not a bad movie. No, it's actually pretty good, enjoyable, and, and has like interesting concepts. You know, yeah. things to think about. Yeah. Right, 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 and it and it's a different twist on the whole sacrificial person. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a totally different twist on that. So you can you can appreciate that. You know, because it's looking at it differently than the way that we've been looking at it. Because we all know the whole trope of you having to sacrifice a virgin and whatnot, but what happens when you when you don't sacrifice a virgin? You know, like and you know that was also the whole themes of the theme of puberty being hellish and stuff like that, and how your relationships can change in ways that you you know just like you would never expect. You know, as a as a teen girl and everything, and like. Just like what what they because is out of what these men did to her that she became this way, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then out of what men did to the movie is why the movie performed the way it did. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so it's like they didn't even learn their actual lesson. 
Right. But I don't even think they cared to learn the lesson from the movie. They saw Megan Fox. They know they know that she's a sex symbol. Hey, let's get the men in here. Mm-hmm. You know. And well, that's what they, that's kind of like what they want her to be, you know. Yeah. They want her to be this one dimensional but dimensional character, and she's fighting against that. But yeah. that's and that's and then to have have that happen to your work, uh, you know, as like the writer, director, and even the actresses, like it had to be like really shocking to be like, yeah. what? This is not what we filmed. Like, why are you presenting it this way? Right, right. Especially when I saw them talking about the trailer, like the trailer had nothing to do with what the movie was about at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would, I would absolutely hate that. Mm-hmm. I would hate that. Like I would cry in the car if somebody did that to me. Yeah. Like that's terrible. That's terrible. You know. It's and especially because like it wasn't it wasn't the actor's fault. It wasn't the screenplay's fault. It was it wasn't nobody's fault but the marketing team. Yeah. Everybody else you did know? what they came to do to tell a story that Cody had actually written. And the marketing right. team said no. <laughs> and it's like right. right. They were way like that's just sad. That's really sad. Yeah. But um but yeah. And so um but other than that, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, it um I mean it wasn't a, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, I think it was definitely worth my time and money um, that I yeah. spent on it. Like, you know, um, it's a pretty unique movie. Um, it's got really good performances. It's got really good music. It's, you know, it poses some interesting questions. Um, and you don't typically see a movie with, like, two female leads, like, this kind of genre, get, like, a big, you know, this kind of push to movie theaters and stuff like that. It might be a more indie kind of thing that you would see, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this yeah, would yeah. be this would be like one or more of your mid market movies, and we don't really have a lot of mid market movies these days. It's usually all indie or like all blockbuster, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and um, you know, just like it really just put particularly um, Megan Fox like in a corner, like because yeah. she was trying to reach outside of this sex symbol role that had kind of been pushed on her. Yeah. Since she was like 15. So Yeah. Yeah. And it just it just absolutely robbed her of that opportunity. Right. Right. It's like, damn, do you have to go the indie route to get out of? Well, I mean, as long as you're marketing, like we'll just market the movie the way that it is. Right, right. Like marketing shouldn't even be that difficult. Considering the fact that we gave you what to work with, yeah, it's just really odd the way um, some folks in marketing and things like that and, and promotion seem to think that everything needs to be marketed to men and boys, as if women and girls don't also go out and do things and spend money. Right. They're always like focused on this, you know, demographic of like eighteen to maybe at this time like thirty-three year old men and boys 
And it's just like, but that's only half of the population. <laughs> Not even half. It's more yeah. women. A little less than half. Yeah. So I don't know. It just it just sucks. It sucks that that's um that's the reason for the flop. Like it'd be different if the movie itself was the reason for the flop, but because of some marketing BS, like that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. But um let's go on ahead and rate the movie. So we have one movie real trash Aya. Two, it exists. Three, entertaining. Four, great. Five, a true classic. Mm-hmm. What say you? I would give it a four because um, okay. it is a it is a really good movie. Um, it did everything it was supposed to do, and it was trying to do everything that it that it promised. It delivered on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, it not only was it good at the time, but then you have people, you know, revisiting it. People who yeah. weren't even old enough to see the movie when it came out, like on YouTube, revisiting it uh, and digging into like what happened to this movie. And then also like saying, wait a minute, this is not the movie that I thought it was. This is so much better than what I thought it was, um, mm-hmm. which em- has empowered, you know, like Cody and and um, Megan Fox to tell their stories about like what was going on during the time and how that it had impacted their careers and stuff like that. Um which kind of was also in combination with the Me Too movement, uh, kind of like sprouting up at that time as well uh, during the you know retrospective like 2019, 2020. Um, yeah. So I think that's I think it's really important and valuable to see that, right? It has, I think it helps people who are moviegoers to be a little bit more critical of what they're being presented with versus what the actual movie is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think it's great. So I give it a four. What did you give it? Um, I gave it a three. Mm-hmm. I have a three. Um, it's entertaining. Um, I like um, the different spin on the sacrificial lamb um, mm-hmm. storyline. Um, you know, it kept my attention. Um, but yeah. Um, I do think, like, now looking at it in today's um, day and age, especially with the Me Too movement, it does have a deeper meaning Mm -hmm. um, with it now. And it, I mean, and then again, it's a prime example of how we're looked at or how we were looked at Mm -hmm. or how we are still looked at, you know. Um, And hopefully, Hopefully, we're on to being looked at differently. Yeah, and because you, you just say it was. Well, everybody in the marketing department should be fought, should have been fired after that. <laughs> That's terrible. But what were you about to say? I was saying it's really just kind of like, as this film stands, is like a perfect victim of like all these things happening mm-hmm. at once, you know, um, how they're yeah. trying to make. A movie that tell that says something about puberty and uh, relationships between women and, and possible sexuality between women. A lot of people do feel like this was um, this was uh, like a baiting movie, like a queer baiting movie, and I can see that too because it's it's mm-hmm. it's hinted at, but it's not really explored or talked about. Um, but then also, you know, for Fox especially to be trying to do something different. And what she had done previously, particularly in the Transformers films, only to be reduced to that 
because marketing can't seem to see her any other way. Yeah. Typecasting. Right, right. Right. So they completely got an F. <laughs> yeah. 100%. All right. Yeah. So uh next week. Mm-hmm. Well, what I was going to pick, you've already saw. So, oh, what was that? It was gonna be um, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah, oh I've been seeing Buffy. I was gonna <laughs> pick that for you at one point because I wouldn't. I didn't know you was in it. Yeah, I had it on tape. I love that freaking movie. All right. Um. So, since you've seen that, we're gonna just go completely hood. I mean, we could uh, do Blade. I haven't seen that. You haven't, you haven't seen Blade? Mm-mm. We'll have to do that next. I've only seen uh, the third Blade movie. How you skip one and two? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So before before we do Blade, um, so uh how hood do you want to go? <laughs> I don't know. How do I answer that question? <laughs> All right. So we have uh All right. We have I'm about it or jacked up. I've never heard of either of those films. Okay. <laughs> I can see you're not hearing about Jacked Up, but I'm about it. Never Masterpiece? About it. Never I'm about it. It. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, Jacked Up has Busy Bone in it. And it has um, the two brothers from Next. Okay. And it has... Um, <laughs> Um, Alexis Fields. It has uh, what's her name? Anna Marie Horsfield. You know who that is, right? Do not know any of these people. Oh my god. Okay, Alexis Fields is um, Chip Fields' other daughter. You know Kim Fields, right? Yes, I know Kim Fields. From yes, yes, yes. Okay. You know her mama, Chip Fields, right? No, absolutely not. Okay. She's um she she mainly works behind the scenes, but um her she she played Regine's mom on Living Single, but then she okay. also was Penny's mom on um what's that show called? Good times. What's the show called? It's a horrible horrible show. Good times. Yes, she's the a one horrible beat, show. Um, Penny with the iron. Yes, I, I know that. Yeah, Good Times is terrible. Good time, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Chip. That's Chip Field. Um, she has he has um, another daughter, Alexis Fields. She played Diavion on Sister Sister. You remember that? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember Diavion. No. Our friend Diavion. Okay, what else was she on? Gosh, dog it. What else was she on? Was she on? Uh, she was on Moesha, wasn't she? she? It was either Moesha or uh, the Parkers, one of the two. 
but if you look her up, you'll know her face. Um, Anna Marie Horsfield. Okay, you remember watching the Wayne's Brothers? Yeah, I watched the Wayne's Brothers. Okay, you remember the security guard? No. That was okay, forever ago. Wasn't <laughs> that far ago? Did you ever watch Amen? Yes. Okay, you remember the deacon's daughter that ended up marrying the preacher? No. <laughs> what else? Okay, what else? Okay, Friday. You have seen Friday, right? Yeah, yeah. Craig's mama. Oh, yes. That's Anna Marie Horsfield. <laughs> yeah, yes. All right. <laughs> okay, so the two brothers from next. Okay, so you know RL, right? No, I don't. Okay, RL was the main one that sung. He sung okay. lead on. Um, I only on, really know um, like there are a couple of singles. I don't really know anything about them or who they are or anything like that. Okay, so you remember Butter Love? No, what? You got the love that I want, the love you want. You got love that I need, the love. <laughs> I don't remember that. That was their first song. Okay. Um, too close. Mm-hmm, okay. Yes. Um, so baby, when we're crying. Okay. Yeah. The guy that sings all the songs you requested, dancing like you're naked. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like, you know. Okay. The first verse. Okay. That's one of the brothers. Okay. The other one is one that you hardly heard sing. Oh. That would be why I did not know they were actual those brothers in that group. Yeah, those two are brothers. Okay, so all those people I mentioned, they're in the movie okay. <laughs> along with Busy Bone. I know you know who okay. Busy Bone is. <laughs> yes, I know who Busy Bone is. All right, so I think, okay, I think we need to watch Jacked Up. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube? We'll come back to talk about it. Yeah, we'll come back okay. to talk about it. But I'm about it is Master P and everybody that was on No Limit at the time. <laughs> yeah, I know they made a lot of movies together. A friend they of mine had us watch a ball. A friend of ours made us watch Baller Blocking one okay, time. That is Cash Money. <laughs> okay, <Not> sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Okay, but Baller Blocking is good. I used to have that one too. <laughs> that movie is funny. Like, it is not good. <laughs> I like it. I, I, but I, I mean, I was a fan, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's cash money. That's not, that's not No Limit. No Limit, no, I'm bad. It came out years before baller, baller Blocking. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll come back to I'm about it. But, okay. Yeah, so we definitely need to watch Jacked Up. Since you don't know nobody in the movie. <laughs> so, so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll um we'll uh do that next week. So that would be fun. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where can we see you? Oh, you can find me all over the internet. Um, pretty much any social media platform. If I'm there, I'm gonna be there with under Valor More Dollars. Is V A L A R M O R dollars. Uh, you can also hear me on the podcast called Nergasm Noir. 
we've been podcasting since like 2012. We're like the very long running uh, geeky podcast of all black women. So give us a, so check us out there. And where can they find you, Lindsay? Um, you can find me everywhere at L underscore Renell. That's L underscore R-A-N-E-L-L-E. And I also have another podcast as well uh, with my cousin. And it's called The Ish We Talk. So awesome. that's it. What did y'all talk about? Yeah. What did y'all talk about uh, last episode? Last episode was last year. Last year was so many days ago. Oh, my God. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we we went we took off. We took off yeah. from here as well. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys like talk about that that's considered nerdy? I mean, we'll talk about comics, technology, news, right? Uh video games, mm-hmm. manga, uh anime, movies. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, we have a good time. Yeah. All righty. All right. So we will see you guys next week. Yes. Um, when we review Jack. Jacked up it is. Yeah. Yep. So bye. Bye.